The Gospel of Mark, let's start reading it. There's, there's a really interesting thing in Mark that you'll see, and it's this. The first sentence of the book is the only time that the writer gives us his opinion. And the whole rest of the book is him quoting other people or just simply narrating things that happened. So, Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Here's, here's Mark's take on everything, and then he gets right into it. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, so here's a quote from the Old Testament, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord and make straight paths for him. Verse 4, And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And then when you're saying, who in the world is John talking about? Verse 9, at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him into the wilderness, and, and he was in the wilderness forty days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. Verse 14, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. Verse 15, the time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, he said. Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Verse 21, they went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Verse 25, Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's the guy who's going to be all throughout the gospel. You probably know him as the name Peter. Simon's mother-in-law, verse 30, was in bed with a fever and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, 
and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Verse 35 at the top left of page 700 now. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and freely began to talk, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. All right, go back to the beginning. I just want to walk us through a few really key things in this first chapter of Mark. So Mark intros the book with this one sentence that summarizes the whole thing. He says, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. So he's telling you a few things. He's saying, this book is about some really good news. It's about something that is a very, very big deal. And then he says that the good news is, Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. And then right after that, he goes into talking a little bit about how Jesus was talked about in the Old Testament. And now he's here. And the key to understanding this first section of Mark is in verse 15. So go down to the bottom left of that first page of Mark. And you'll see the first words Jesus speaks in this whole book. And with these first words Jesus speaks, he really sets the tone for what this whole thing's going to be about. So here are Mark chapter 1, verse 15. This is the first thing Jesus says. He says, The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good. <clears throat> excuse me. Believe the good news. So Jesus comes and the first thing he says is this, this statement of immediacy. He says, the time has come. And then he says, the kingdom of God has come near. And that word near doesn't mean like it's coming soon. It's a word of physical proximity. It means it's close. So when Jesus says the kingdom of God has come near, it would be like me saying, hey, Jacob is near to me right? He's like, like 30 inches away, right? So he's not saying like Jacob's going to be here soon. He's saying Jacob's here now and he's right there. That's how near all this is. And then look at the next thing he says. So the time has come, verse 15, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So he tells people to repent and then he tells them to believe the good news. If you've been in church, have you heard that term, really churchy term, good news? Some Bibles will translate it as gospel. 
You've heard that a lot. I want to show you something. Kendra, will you go to the next slide? There should be a next slide. Yeah. That, that word in the original language that this is written in for good news or gospel is this word. And if we were going to try and say it in English, I'd say what the Greek word is. We'd say euvangelion. Does that word look familiar to anybody? Does it look like any other word you see in church a lot? Lion and angel. Okay, good. Lion and angel. Right. But any other really churchy word? Yeah, it looks exactly like evangelism, sort of, or evangelist. Yeah, well, that's the difference between English and Greek right there. Good job. So anyway, euvangelion was a really, really common phrase in the ancient world, and especially in the Greek world. There are accounts when... The, um, the ruler of the Roman Empire would have a son, and so he would send out evangelists to proclaim the, evan- the evangelion, the evangelism, the good news that his son had been born. Or if the Roman Empire won a war, they would send people into the towns to proclaim the good news of the victory they had won. So we, you and I think of this in primarily kind of churchy terms, but in that culture, this was a really common thing. If you had good news that was going to affect people's lives and that you know that they would want to know, that was euangelion. That was good news. And so Mark here is saying, this, all this stuff about Jesus, this is really good news. This is going to affect how you live your life. So the question is, when Jesus says in verse 15, repent and believe the good news, you ask, what's the good news? And he already answered that question. He just announced this huge thing. He just showed up and he said, the time's near, the kingdom of God has come near. He said, the time has come, the kingdom of God is near. That's the good news. And Mark does this really brilliant literary thing where he uses this really heavy phrase, the kingdom of God, and then doesn't explain it at all. And the reason he doesn't explain it at all is so that you, as a smart reader, will read this and you'll say, wait, you just said this was really good news and you made this big pronouncement using these words, the kingdom of God, and you didn't tell me what it was. And you're supposed to stop and you're supposed to say, what is the kingdom of God? And then you know what Mark does? It's the good news. Yeah, right? But what's the good news? The kingdom of God, right? You're supposed to say, what is the kingdom of God? And while that question is rattling around in your head, you keep reading. And the actions of Jesus are going to tell you what the kingdom of God is. A lot of the Gospels, in fact, the other three Gospels, primarily focus on the words of Jesus. And Mark takes a different approach and he focuses on the actions of Jesus and expects you to understand what God is trying to do through what Jesus does. So you ask, what is the kingdom of God? And here comes the answer. Look at the first thing Jesus does after he announces the kingdom of God is here. Look at verse 16. It says, As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into a lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. 
When they had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in a boat with the hired men and followed him. The first thing Jesus does after he announces kingdom of God is here, you know what he does? He goes out and finds people who aren't doing anything significant with their lives and says, follow me, come with me. The first thing Mark is telling us about what the kingdom of God is, is that it is about inviting people in. And if you know anything about the history of this time, you know that not only is Jesus Jewish, but all these apostles, so Simon and Andrew and James and John, they're all Jewish people, and their nation is occupied by the mighty Roman Empire, and so they're very poor people, and they're very oppressed people, and they really are struggling to get by every day. And the first thing Jesus does is he goes to poor, oppressed people and he says, come in, come with me. And then look at the next thing he does. Look at verses 21 through 28. When they went to Capernaum, uh, they went to Capernaum and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue. A synagogue is a Jewish church and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. Verse 27, the people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the, region, over the whole region of Galilee. So again, while you got this question in your head, what's the kingdom of God? What's Jesus trying to do here? The second story you hear about him in Mark is that he goes into a synagogue. He goes into a Jewish church. And what does he find in church? A demon-possessed guy. Right? You probably don't expect that. And yet, there you go. Right? In fact, the two times in chapter 1 that demon-possessed people are mentioned, it is in church. Isn't that crazy? And so Jesus goes to the place that should represent God the most. The place that has turned into the most twisted, awful place because it's where the demon-possessed people are. And he replaces the evil with the good. He casts out the demons and then the people are amazed at his teaching. And they say they want to they hear more of him. Who is this guy with this authority? So first the kingdom was inviting people in and then it was about replacing evil with good. Keep going. Look at verse 29. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. So he heals one person who's just got a fever, so isn't that sick. But look what happens in verse 32. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. So, then... You're right, it's, there's three times, and the second time is also in connection. I don't know. So anyway, we'll talk about it in your group, actually. It'll be good. So, 
The next thing you get is healing. And Jesus starts out and he heals somebody he knows, the mother-in-law of one of his disciples. And then people in town hear about it. And again, these are people without medical care, without resources. And they all start flocking to him. So the kingdom was about bringing people in. And then it was about replacing evil with good. And now it's about bringing healing and restoration. And keep going. Look at verse uh, 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Now you'd think that Jesus would have accomplished his mission, right? Oh, everyone knows who I am, and everyone's looking for me. That's great. But look at his response. Verse 38, Jesus replied, Let's go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. So, lest you think the kingdom of God is all about busyness and efficiency, when we finally see Jesus get a moment, he goes off all by himself, even away from his friends, and spends time in solitude, in quiet, praying to God. So the kingdom isn't just about accomplishing stuff. It's about having a close relationship with God. And did you see how clear he made it? another thing that the kingdom isn't about? It's not about fame. He kind of achieved accidental fame in this area. He told people not to talk about it. And they did anyway because they saw the amazing things he'd done. And then when he was really famous in this area and people were all looking for him and wanting to mob him, he says, you know what, let's go somewhere else. I didn't come here to be famous. I came here to preach the good news that the kingdom of God has come. And then look at this last section in verse 40. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. Now pay close attention to what Jesus tells the guy. Verse 44. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go. Show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. So Jesus gives him really clear instructions. Don't go hooting and hollering about this. Go do the thing you need to do in your society. Go see the priests and offer the sacrifices and be let back into society as a healthy person. But don't go raising a big stink about it. And what's the guy do? Look at verse 45. Instead, he, that's the guy who's been healed, went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Mark ends chapter 1 with this big note while he's kind of defining what the kingdom of God is in our minds, that the kingdom of God is about joy that you just can't hold in. Right? This guy gets healed and he gets told very specifically by Jesus himself, by the God of the universe in the flesh, says... I know I just healed you, but don't go telling people. And what's the first thing the guy does? He tells everybody, right? 
And Jesus is so good and so gracious. He doesn't say, well, you know what? You directly disobeyed literally the one thing I asked you not to do. I'm going to go ahead and take back my healing, right? He doesn't do anything like that. The guy gets to stay healed even though he's being an idiot because he is so overjoyed that he's met Jesus and that he's been healed. So that's chapter one. Before we go to our groups, I want to I make a big note in your head. All this book is about the kingdom of God. And right here off the bat, Mark has just cycled through really quickly a bunch of stuff Jesus did to get this idea in your head of what Jesus is talking about when he talks about the kingdom of God. He first talked about bringing in the poor and oppressed people and, and bringing them into a home and a community. And he talked about healing. And he talked about the joy that comes from healing. And he talked about replacing evil with good. And he talked about that close, intimate relationship with God. But the book is leading toward this big thing. And you know it. It's leading toward the way that Jesus brings us in to his kingdom. It's leading toward Jesus willingly laying down his life on our behalf to pay for our sins. The Bible's really clear that, that God has given us this really simple law and that we've all broken. We've all done the wrong thing knowing it's the wrong thing. And the Bible says that everybody sins, everybody falls short of, of the glory of God. Everyone falls short of knowing God. And it says the consequence of sin is death. But the good news is that Jesus has come here for us lived this perfect life that we couldn't live, and then on our behalf, died to pay the price for our sins. All right, head off to your groups. If you don't know where your group is, come see me.